Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 162. Wow, what a week with uh, sporting. We suffered heartbreak with Porto. We just had the, uh, the draws for the quarterfinals. I think Benfica has an opportunity. We got Sporting playing Juventus. But you know what? After defeating the Premier League team, I think they've got an opportunity against Juventus, which is not the Juventus that we've known of from a few years ago. So uh, the best way I'll describe it in a few minutes here is opportunity. Uh, we also had, of course, Roberto Martinez's call-ups. I got a few things to say about that. Didn't seem to be a whole lot of changes. And... Um, So I'll be coming up here in the first half of the episode, which I recorded after the uh, draws this morning and as well as Roberto Martinez's call up. And that'll be the first part of this episode. And then the second part will be what I usually do every week, and that is preview and review the first division with last week's matches and this upcoming week's matches. We're down to 10 matches left in the season. Second division report, as well as the women's Liga report, and then finish up with a pretty disappointing week for my team in the fifth tier a uh, very tough loss last week in a battle of first and second uh, place teams. But obviously we have to start talking about the tremendous result, the tremendous history that uh, sporting, um, you know, a lot of people, we saw that pundit last week. Uh, I don't remember if it was uh, Sky Sports or BBC, uh, basically say that he did not see Arsenal having any big trouble with sporting and that he did not see them lose and... There's a lot of people that are that way. A lot of people gave Sporting their respect, but at the end of the day, they expected the Premier League leader and a team that plays in the Premier League, regardless if even if they weren't in first place, to advance past the Portuguese team. I think if you speak to a lot of people, you'll get the respect. Oh, great country, beautiful food. You produce all those players. You sell all those players at good money, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I, I think my team is going to advance through. And this was just for me... One of those times where, unfortunately, we don't have it a lot, where one of our Portuguese teams upsets one of the big guns in Europe. And I am just so terribly excited. I'm happy, number one, because I want to see a Portuguese team advance. I mean, everybody knows me privately. I like Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, but when it comes down to the blood, I just could not pass up an opportunity to root for a Portuguese team. And um, one, because they were such underdogs. Two, because of the season Sporting's had and that they've still, you know, even though they've sold a lot of players which have played a big part in why they're struggling in the Liga. And Ruben Amorim even said as much that while he was happy that they advanced, he was also annoyed because they don't play like this every week. But it was just good. It was just really good to see Sporting upset a giant and take it. Uh, the goal by Pote is going to be remembered for years. Um, I told you a few years ago when Sporting won the championship, that I thought Pote was the best player in the league, not only, of course, because he won the Liga scoring title, but I thought he was a fantastic player. And then last summer, I couldn't um, understand why clubs in Europe were going after him the way they were going after other players. Maybe that'll resuscitate interest in him. But um, if you're sporting, look, 15 points from first place out of the, the Taça de Portugal. You lost in the Taça de uh, Liga, the League Cup final. Um, the only thing you really got to play for is for third place to get you into the Champions League qualifying next year. 
unless Porto does really bad, they're not going to catch up to second place. And you're still alive in this competition, which a lot of people think you're a long shot in, and they are still alive. It's not necessarily, in my opinion, going to help Portugal's UEFA rankings because we're too far behind Holland. I think we're still going to lose it, but we still have a chance to try to catch up to them depending on what we do uh, for the rest of the spring. But remember, we have two Dutch teams that are left in easier competition. So we still got a lot of work uh, to do there. But if you're sporting, you know, you just got to be happy with the result to see a Portuguese team go to North London and record the big result. And uh, I'm just so, so very happy for that. And again, I understand if you're a Porto fan, I understand if you're a Braga fan, if you're a Benfica fan, you don't care. But you should care because it's one of those nights where Portugal is seen in a very good light. A lot of people, just like they're going to doubt Benfica, are going to doubt sporting. And they made a mistake. The pundits, I've not had a chance yet to see Arsenal Fan TV and all the other punditry in England to see their reaction, not only to Pote's goal, but just to see the reaction that their Premier League leader, most richest and strongest league in the world, was eliminated by a fourth-place team in Portugal. I want to see those reactions. I went to see a few of them, but the videos were offline on YouTube. Uh, but I don't know if that's just what they do normally or if they eventually put it up later, edited. But I want to see the reactions, and I'm looking forward to that. So sporting, of course, in the draw, they will be playing, again, Juventus, uh, Portuguese teams in these draws. It was all Portuguese versus Italian. And let me tell you, as much as I believe us and Benfica getting inter opportunity, but also the Italians are thinking the same way too. And I think if you ask your average football fan, they would still expect the Italian teams to advance over the Portuguese teams, but that'll make it all so much sweeter if we do advance. And I think it's an opportunity here. I'm not going to sit here. I think it's 50-50 to be honest with you. Even with Juventus and, and uh, you know, sporting, I think it's 50-50. I think after you beat the Premier League leader, you deserve a little bit of respect. The players are going to be motivated. And I think if you're Juventus, you can't look at it as being as easy as you might think on paper. So opportunity is the word that I'm not going to use. I'm not going to sit here and say we're favorite, they're favorite, because a lot of that doesn't... Well, our opinions don't matter. What happens on the pitch is what matters. I like to call this an opportunity to say we have an opportunity. Benfica, okay, getting the opportunity to play Inter, and I'll talk about Porto Inter in a, in a moment, but Benfica playing pretty much, they got to play all Italian teams to get through all this. Opportunity. Opportunity, no doubt about it. And I think if you're a Benfica fan, you got a big gift. I mean, look, Bayern, City, uh, quarterfinal, I mean, that's big time. I mean, that's big time. You know, and, and by the way, anybody that complains that Bayern and City are playing in the quarters and that you have a Benfica Inter, then, and you're the same person that complained about the Super League, well, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, this mode that everybody wanted, it's fair, it's a draw. Anybody could play anybody and let the chips fall where they may. You complain that a team like Bayern and City are playing each other in the quarterfinals, then quietly you're for the European Super League because all you want to really see is the big matches. But that's what's great about the current system is that it keeps, you know, it's, it's done fairly, although not everybody thinks that way. And I think if you're a Portuguese team sporting with Juventus and Benfica with Inter, opportunity here, opportunity here to get to it. We want to see one of these teams advance to the final four. We want to see both of them advance, but I'll take at least one. I think of the two, I really like Benfica's chances a little bit better than sporting, and there's obviously plenty of time in April to talk about this. I know the Benfica matches are April the 11th and the 9th with Benfica hosting the first leg. 
there's plenty of time, by the way, later to talk about you know the individual matchups, but opportunity. There is opportunity here, and that's the base way I'm going to leave it. And again, very, very exciting. I cannot wait this weekend to go watch Arsenal Fan TV and all the different you know, Premier League shows and get their reactions. And um, a lot of the, I did see one uh, post from Arsenal Fan TV that did give um, Sporting the respect, but it was really more about the shortcomings of Arteta as a manager in Europe as opposed to, I think, the fact that Sporting, I, I think they were, you know, they were the good team. And, you know, Porto, Inter, look, Conceição said it. If, if that player does not get sent off on his team, there was 10 minutes in the first leg in Milan when they played Inter, it could have been maybe a different result. Maybe they come back to Porto, nil-nil, and much like we had with Sporting Arsenal, maybe you know after two legs they have to go to you know play you know stoppage time and they go to extra time and PKs. That would have been nice for uh, for uh, Porto, but unfortunately that didn't happen. They lost. They did have an opportunity at home in front of a big crowd in the Dragon to turn around the result. You look when you lose the first leg one-nil, okay. That is not an awful result in the grand scheme of things. But Porto did not score, and Conceição said it. Look, we did what we had to do. We thought we had our chances. You know, they hit the post. They hit the crossbar. But at the end of the day, they just did not score the goal that was needed. And Conceição has gotten a lot of criticism. You know, I mean, this is a manager that's had to take not a lot of great talent. He's got to take talent from the B team. You know, he mentioned about we've got players from Passos de Ferreira, which I believe is Ostakio. You know, we've got players from Riwav, you know, like Tereme. You know, they're getting players from these medium-sized clubs in Portugal. And what Conceição has done the last five or six years has been incredible. And he deserves to give out that criticism to people that have second-guessed them because even though they did lose this leg, let's forget, let's not forget, he had to deal with financial fair play regulations. He had to deal with the fact that they can't buy big players like they would like. You know, they've sold twice as much as they've bought, and granted, most Portuguese clubs don't buy big players. They buy the really good young players. Uh, but Porto has also, much like sporting, been really affected by all the selling they have done. But, sport, but Porto, though, in these last three years as a whole has done very well, and I think Conceição, when he made that remark, he was right. Um, but nevertheless, it doesn't change the fact that they could not get that goal against Inter. Some uh, criticism toward Inter are playing a little bit too defensive, uh, but at the end of the day, it just did not happen. And it's it's it, look, to have, to have had an opportunity to have three Portuguese teams in the quarterfinals of European competitions and possibly a Porto-Benfica quarterfinal draw in the Champions League, I mean, my God, <laughs> That would have been beautiful, but unfortunately, Porto didn't win, and that's just the way it goes. And the only thing about all these success stories, you know, one, I think you're going to see a lot more sporting players get sold. I think Ruben Amarin has proven himself in the Emirates that he can manage in a big league. I think you're going to see sporting, you know, you're already starting to see tweets about Diamond, you know, you're already starting to see tweets about Ugart. You know, tweets about Gonzalo Inacio, Marcus Edwards, Benfica, you know, Gonzalo Ramos, you know, uh, Schmidt. I told you already, I don't think Schmidt will be back next year. I think he's going to go. A, a big opportunity comes in Germany or another big club in the Premier League, they're gone. Just like I think Ruben Amarin is gone. Just the way it is with our world. Nothing we can do about it. And I also think Conceição kind of as a parting shot for the fact that people don't appreciate what Porto has done. I could also see him leaving possibly in Italy. And I've been told, by the way, if you're brand new, this is probably all you're hearing it for the first time. But if you're a regular on my podcast listening, and thank you for those that are, 
You know, I've been talking about the same exact thing week to week, and I just continue to build on what I said. That the only downside to this is that I think more success story, more brings an opportunity for sales. And it's curious to see the question for a Portuguese club is when do they get to the point when they say no? Yes, that is a lot of money for this player, but we want him for the Champions League next year. Uh, I'd be curious to see this summer how many Portuguese clubs are going to hold back on big sales if they feel like they already sold enough. But I think most of the time when an opportunity arises, they take care of it. But uh, So yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much the way to sum it up. Very happy for sporting, excited for Benfica's opportunity in the most lucrative league in the world, the Champions League. Sad for Porto, but I think Conceição was right. I think soccer fans more than any other sport I know, and I know this being an NBA fan, being a baseball fan, MLS, hockey, you know, your, your team loses two or three in a row, people don't appreciate you. People, it's like the end of the world. Everybody talks about how the team means so much to them. Well, you know, you're going to lose two or three times in a row or you're going to be eliminated from competitions. Um, but uh, in soccer and football, it, people take it harder. And I thought what Conceição was right. Um, and again, we'll see. So, but that was it. And then, you know, to kind of wrap up this first part, and that is Roberto Martinez's uh, call-ups. Um, you know, you, if you saw it, you would have thought Santos was still the manager. He did bring in Diogo late. Um, he did uh, bring in Gonzalo Inacio from Sporting. Uh, late is playing, um, I believe it's still on loan from Porto to Union Berlin in the Bundesliga. Um, and I think those are, they deserve it. Uh, he left out William, and William's having a pretty decent season with Batiste. Uh, other years, I think you could play, maybe he wasn't warrant, warranting a call, but I think this time he would have warranted a call. But I think it also shows you that William was one of Santos' you know, favorite players, one of the players that he relied on, uh, in my opinion. Um, and the fact that he hasn't been called up kind of speaks to Roberto Martinez kind of feeling like you know maybe he shouldn't have been in the call-ups, and now he's not in the call-ups. But we had other players that were missing uh, too. You know, we I thought that, uh, you know, you had uh, players like Nuno Santos could have had an opportunity. Pote. Pote, big opportunity. I think he would have deserved this shot. Uh, the only sporting player then called up was Gonzalo Inacio. Uh, Fabio Vieira of Arsenal, I think, would have warranted an opportunity. You know, so But that's the way it is when you do the draw. There's always going to be um, some players that get called. And some players that don't get called. It's just, you know, it's not perfect. Especially when you have Portugal's depth. Uh, Florentino of Benfica. There's another player that I think could have been gotten an opportunity to get called, but he still hasn't done enough. Um, and as a result, Martinez went with what he has. And, and we'll see. Look, I'm going to do my preview coming up here in the second part of this episode. And I call it a brief preview because there's not a lot to talk about Luxembourg and Liechtenstein, as you'll hear about in this second episode. But not a whole lot of changes. And at the end of the day, it's all about getting the three points. The first match is in Alvalade. So obviously, Martinez is going to want to come out with a good result. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was called up. I had said that that would have been a big thing to see. I would not have been surprised if he wasn't called up. But obviously, he is still a part of the plans. And I'm so hoping that Cristiano scores goals. I do want to see, though... If he's going to be in the starting lineup against uh, Liechtenstein, and, and think about that for a minute, he's not in the lineup against Liechtenstein, and he gets upset. Like, how bad does that look? Um, so we'll see if, if he and if he does play, um, that's good. If he doesn't, is he going to be disappointed because he didn't play against Liechtenstein? So we have to kind of wait and see uh, what happens uh, with that. So, I, again, I did not see a whole lot of changes. I think a lot of people wish that, uh, you know, we didn't see Galeno. 
Galena was in the news this week as, uh, you know, maybe possibly being on the preliminary list. But at the end of the day, the preliminary list only made news headlines. And at the end of the day, there wasn't much overall change. I am surprised that Ricardo Horta was left out because it seems like every time Ricardo Horta scores for Braga, they win. And I think to me, there's value in that. But that's just the way it goes. So <sighs> great week for sporting. I'm so happy for them. Excited for Benfica's opportunity in the Champions League. Excited next week. We're going to have champion, uh, excuse me, uh, European action back in terms of the Silasong. So no Liga B win action next week. It's all going to be about training leading up to the game on Thursday and against uh, Liechtenstein and Sunday against at Luxembourg. And again, I have a brief preview of this coming up in the second part of this episode. And that wraps up part, part one of the PortugueseSoccer.com episode 162 podcast. <laughs> Part two of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Welcome back. Really enjoyed talking about uh, what we saw with uh, Sporting and Benfica, uh, knowing who they're going to be playing in the uh, Champions League in Europa. A lot of fun to see Roberto Martinez's first call-up. And now for the second part, uh, really just do what I usually do, and that is review and preview uh, Liga B-Win Week 25, as well as the second division report, the women's report. Give you as well a bit of a preview uh, regarding uh, Portugal Liechtenstein, which will be played in Alvalad next Thursday. And then on Sunday, Portugal will be playing at Luxembourg. Not very difficult matches. I mean, let's be honest with you, they're not really very difficult matches, but they are matches of interest because Roberto Martinez will be uh, pretty much on the sideline for the uh, first time. And again, very strange that Roberto Martinez announces it on a Friday and they start playing that following Thursday. Usually we get a lot more time. And again, the players already know, but obviously us, the fans, um, doesn't matter when we know because we're still going to watch the uh, matches. But let's get going uh, here, previewing, of course, uh, the uh, Liga B win. And of course, uh, last week, uh, round 24, match day 24, we saw Porto beat Estoril 3-2 in a match that was much tougher than expected. Estoril with new manager Ricardo Suarez was very proud of his team, but a very good result for Porto, who continued to stay eight points behind Benfica. We saw Benfica go to Madeira. Uh, they got there actually pretty late at night due to some issues, and uh, they were able to play the next day, but it had no effect whatsoever as Benfica, behind a brace from David Neres, uh, record the 3-0 victory. We saw a sporting at home against Boa Vista record a pretty good routine win. Uh, 3-0 before they went off to Arsenal. So it's been a very, very good week for uh, Sporting. And then um, other results of interest that I thought we saw. Casapia lose again to Fama, 1-0. Casapia now dropping down to 7th place. We saw in the battle of the two last place teams, 17th and 18th place, we saw Passos de Ferreira defeating Santa Clara. And that was one of the other interesting results. And then another very good result we saw was Arroca going to Vitoria Guimarães, who's been fantastic these uh, last uh, month. Matter of fact, they didn't lose any matches in the month of February. And they're one of their assistant managers because I think their main manager does not have the full manager's license. So their assistant manager is listed on the score sheet. Uh, but when it came to an announcing and voting for manager of the month in the month of February, Vittoria Guimaraj's assistant manager won the honor. Uh, very rare to see an assistant win, but again, in this situation, his name is on the scorecard because he's got the uh, license. But uh, uh, Vittoria Guimaraj at home 
did lose this one after an undefeated February, losing to Aroca, which pretty much resuscitates the battle for fifth place. You've got Vitoria with 40 points, and you've got Aroca now with 37. And now you've got a good battle for that last European spot of uh, fifth place. So looking at the standings going into this weekend's action, we got Benfica with 65 points, Porto with 57 Braga with 55, and obviously we got Porto Braga, which I'll talk about here in a moment. And then you got Sporting with 50 points. And again, Sporting right now has got to be all about eyeing third place. So they're going to want to see Porto win this weekend to try to get closer uh, to uh, Braga. And when we preview match day 25, it all gets started on Friday with Santa Clara, last place team, playing against Rio Ave. Then on Saturday, you've got four matches, Portimonense Vizela, Starts it off, and you've got Benfica, Vitoria, Guimarães. That's always a very good match. Benfica, Vitoria, Guimarães. Then you've got Aroca taking on Passos de Ferreira. Aroca coming off that big win against Vitoria, Guimarães. Passos coming off a rare win. They don't win a lot this year because they are down near the bottom, but they are very, very motivated. And then you've got uh, Estoril, Praia taking on Chaves, and that'll be the final match on uh, Saturday night. And then on Sunday, you've got three matches, Casa Pia, Maritimo, Sporting Club Braga against Porto, and then you've got Benfica, uh, excuse me, Boa Vista against Fama, and then uh, wrapping it up on Monday, you'll have Gil Vicente taking on Sporting, and obviously this match is taking place on Monday because of Sporting's historic result in North London, eliminating Arsenal. And obviously the best match this weekend, uh, no doubt about it, is the one on uh, sad on Sunday at 1800 hours. Braga against Porto. Braga, they win. They put themselves back in the position for second place. Top two automatically qualify for the uh, Champions League. If Porto wins, then they obviously would put more space between them and Braga. Right now, Braga is only two points behind. So a Porto win would help solidify that second place with uh, 10 matches uh, left to go starting with uh, this weekend. But uh, there's no doubt that it's definitely Braga. Uh, Braga, uh, Porto having a few injuries. Pep, the defender, did not play in the disappointing result against Inter. Will he be playing uh, this weekend? Braga is pretty much doing well. Every time Ricardo Huerta scores, they win. So expect Ricardo Huerta to try to take care of business this weekend and score a goal. But those are your big matches. Uh, Benfica, again, is playing on Saturday. So you've got the big three, one playing on Saturday, one playing on Sunday, and one playing on uh, Monday. Um, and that's your Liga B1 Week 25 preview. Second division report. Uh, last week we saw Moreirense beat Benefial. Moreirense now leading by 13 points in the first in the second division. They are pretty much headed, uh, no doubt in my opinion, to be promoted uh, next year with this uh, big lead. Unless something catastrophic happens, I just don't see them losing it. Uh, Estrela Madura is in second place with 43 points. And Fadence from the Algarve is third with 42 and Academico do Vizier, which has kind of cooled off a little bit, but they're in fourth place with 39 points. And again, last week we saw Moreirense beat up on Penafiel, 3-1. Very interesting result. Turiens from Torres Vedras, the team that you know I talk about, beating FC Porto B at home, 3-0. FC uh, Turiens now is all the way up to seventh place. Remember, they were in the last place. They changed managers. I think one of the managers is either a Village Boas or, Fon or Paulo Fonseca assistant. And what a great job he's done with Turians, who won the third division title last year, started off slow. And you've got another club. They don't play in the biggest stadium. I've been in that stadium many times. I've seen 
Thurians train when I walk into the stadium. I remember one year watching their manager really work them pretty hard when they were playing down in the, uh, I think it was the third division. Uh, but Thurians with the big result, 3-0 at home. We saw uh, Kuvia. Last place, Kuvia beat Benfica B, 2-1. Benfica B, usually one of the top five teams in the second division this year. They are struggling mightily all the way down to uh, 14th place. And be careful, a few more losses, and they'll find themselves in the pink zone of relegation. We saw B-side lose to Tundela, 2-0. B-side continues to be in trouble. Down near the bottom, they're in 16th place, the uh, playoff. And we saw Les Chons and Astrela Madura, the second place team, play to a 1-1 draw. So again, Morey Dancing control. Really, it's about second place with Astrola Madura with 43 points, Fadence with 42, and Academico do Viseu with 39. Vila Frequence is not far behind with 37. I know they made a manager change recently, but I don't really see anything uh, kind of changing uh, with that. Uh, but those were uh, the results uh, last week. This week, match day 25. Uh, the best match, in my opinion, I think is, uh, well, first off, you got Astrola Madura, Against Turians, and in my opinion, that's the best match that gets going on Friday. You got the second place team against one of the hottest teams in the second division. Uh, and actually, excuse me, that's being played on Saturday morning. There's no matches on Friday. Everything is on Saturday and Sunday. But everything that's going on Saturday with Astrola Madura, Turians. You got Fedens from Santa Maria de Feira taking on Trofens. You got Nacional from Madeira taking on Moreirens, which again is in total control. And then on Sunday, a very busy slate of matches. You got six of them. Benfica B at 11 a.m. will take on Oliverens. And then you got Tundela at home against Mafra. Then at 12.45, interesting time. We haven't seen that sort of 12.45 time. I wonder if this is for the audience in Asia. Remember, they had talked about putting some matches that were very friendly to the times in Asia. But Academico do Viseu at home against last place, uh, or, or I should say 17th place, Covilla. And then you've got Penefial, Vila Frequence. You've got FC Porto B at home against Leixões. And then you've got third place, Fadence from the Algarve taking on a B side. And again, those are all the uh, matches that are going to be played uh, coming up uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, when we look at uh, basically the best match this weekend, again, is uh, definitely uh, Strilla Amadura. I just think that nobody is going, is, uh, you know, they're playing for second place. Torrientes is one of the hottest teams in the league, and I think that that is pretty obvious, the best match of coming up this weekend. Um, but anyway, let's continue on here, and now we're going to move on. Women's football this uh, weekend was pretty interesting. First off, Benfica B again with another clean sheet going up to Fama up north, recording a 5-0 victory. We saw Sporting at home beat the last place team, Amora FC, 3-0, and we saw Braga uh, going to Lank Vila Verdance, making that short trip to Vila Verde, and they recorded a 3-0 win. Benfica, again, in total control in the women's first division with 45 points, and then you got Braga and Sporting tied for second place with 35 points each. And again, uh, they are pretty much in control. Uh, when we look at the uh, the schedule for this weekend, you have a good one. You got uh, basically the two second-place teams playing each other. Uh, on, uh, on uh, let's see, when is this? This is, uh, looks like they're all playing on Sunday. You got Braga at home to Sporting, and that's a match that will be on Sport TV 3. So that's a very good match if you get a chance uh, to watch it. Benfica will be playing at home against the fourth place team, Damiens, 
who's got 31 points. They're having a decent season for women's football. Very good season, but Mefica and that'll be a uh, BTV uh, match, Mefica TV. You got Turient, uh, which is down near the uh, bottom in the playoff from Torres Vedras. They're taking on Meritimu. Good to see an island from the team having a women's football team. And then we'll also have Villadar Gaia taking on Club de Albaguería. Don't know what I don't know who they are. Then uh, last place Amura is we're going to be taking on Fama. So again, Benfica in total control here in, in women's uh, football, and obviously the, they uh, they'll be playing the fourth place team this weekend. And the second place teams, Braga and Sporting, will be playing each other. And again, uh, a lot of these uh, matches they got a lot of matches to play because remember they had to stop for about five weeks with uh, regard to women's football trying to qualify. Uh, for the uh, World uh, Cup. Um, previewing uh, Portugal, and obviously <clears throat> I spoke about in the first half of this episode, the uh, call-ups. But uh, look, th- there's not a lot to say about these matches. Um, they're playing Liechtenstein. There's no doubt that Roberto Martinez is going to want to start, um, in my opinion, playing a very tough uh, starting lineup He's going to want to win convincingly because this match is going to be played in Estadio Alvalad. And I think that's what's going to happen. And there's not much to say about Liechtenstein. They are a team that perennially finishes last in their groups in all competitions. They are a small municipality. I think it's on the border of like Austria and Hungary. Uh, I remember many years ago reading in the Albola that like every time a player scores, he gets like a big bonus. Like that's what they're playing for. I, I, these guys, I mean, look, if they can beat somebody like San Marino or somebody and get a point, it's a very big deal. But this is a very, very rich, yet small pres, uh, principality, as they call it. Uh, and I think that next uh, Thursday, there won't be much difficult winning. Now, the following Sunday, and again, you've got match day, uh, the Liga B went 25 this weekend. And then the following weekend, uh, you've got international football, so that'll be pretty much it. And the following Sunday, uh, Portugal will be going out to Luxembourg, a, a country big in banking. A ton of Portuguese immigrants are in that country. I have a lot of cousins that live there. They work in banking. And Luxembourg has gotten a little bit better. Um, are they going to surprise Portugal? They shouldn't. I think last time Portugal played them, I think Luxembourg scored first, and then Portugal scored like three or four goals, if I remember, with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, so this should not be too difficult, but it is being played at Luxembourg. The question number one is the pitch conditions, because I think the last time they played it wasn't so great. If I recall, also I think the I, I think they're going to fly in a, like a special Air Force jet that to avoid having to fly into like I think when you fly into Luxembourg, they don't necessarily have an airport that's direct. I think you've got to fly into like a nearby country and then drive over or something like that is what I've heard. But the last time they played there, they went on a special Portuguese Air Force jet that was enabled them to land at the airport because not many commercial airlines could land at the airport. And if you know if you're a pilot and you know it like me, you know that uh, you got to have a certain type of plane to land in a certain airport. So very interesting uh, thing with that. Um, I'm really looking forward to all the side stories of when you uh, get closer um, to that match. Um, you know, how they get there and how they uh, travel. So there's not a whole lot to say about the preview. I, I think the biggest thing, and I talked about this in the first part of this episode, is going to be, um, you know, the Roberto Martinez call-up. And again, that I discussed in the first half of this episode. Um, and look, I'm going to wrap it up now, talking about like what I always do, and that is, of course, my favorite uh, team 
and that is of course you know, first off obviously one of my favorite teams is Arsenal which you know we already spoke about and I'm a big fan of the New York Red Bulls of Major League Soccer um, and I also have a lot of uh, special affection for Toronto FC because I know some people there but uh, the, my main team that I sweat for that I lose sleep with and I did lose a little bit of sleep last week was of course my team in the fifth division, my hometown team of my parents, and it's Atletico dos Arcos. And unfortunately, last week, um, you know, the story goes, we were in first place most of the season. We had like a five-point lead. Then we lost it. They changed managers. We were behind by like three points. And then last week before this weekend's match, we managed to win. And Limianos played to a draw, and we were only one point behind Limianos. And then we played Limianos. We went to their place. And unfortunately, this past weekend, we suffered a four-to-one loss. And as a result now, we are now four points behind Lemianos. Lemianos is a machine. 77 goals for, only have allowed 15 goals, a plus goal differential of plus 62. Uh, Atletico dos Arcos, uh, again, only a plus 27 goal differential, so that's not uh, pretty good. But uh, Atletico dos Arcos, again, in very, very big trouble. Uh, this week, look, there's still about 10 matches left, so mathematically there is hope, but... It's hard to see Limianos dropping points, but we'll see. Nobody thought we would drop points being five points up. But this weekend, Atletico dos Arcos will be playing at home against the team that stole my last name, Nefsh. Uh, they'll be playing uh, this weekend on uh, Sunday. And uh, and then the other team in this division, uh, looking at this for uh, Limianos, uh, they're going to be playing away at Kustolintz, which is a team near the bottom in the 14th place. Uh, so that's not looking uh, very, very uh, good uh, in terms of, you know, seeing them drop points. I think, you know, it's Lemianos is going to probably score big this weekend. So my team, four points behind. They were five points ahead two months ago, and it's just been all downhill since. So 10 matches left. We'll still keep up the hope, but it's looking very bleak at this point. Anyway, folks, I'm going to wrap up episode 162 again. Please follow on uh, Spotify. Uh, please follow on Google Podcast, iTunes, uh, Podcast Attic, uh, Amazon Music. It's also This is, of course, a podcast that I've been doing very well. Uh, and that is, of course, on YouTube. And that's uh, our YouTube channel, PortugueseSoccer.com, where I also put the audio for the podcast there. And that's been very well received. So thank you for those that listen. And again, people always say, how do you want to... How do you want to say thank you to PortugueseSoccer.com? It's very simple. Just give it a follow and thank you to those that do. Uh, I certainly really, really appreciate it. But anyway, I'm going to wrap up episode 162. Please take care of yourselves. Please take care of your family. And I'll talk to you next time. Ciao, everybody.